episode 94, the pros and cons of getting licensed on the Social Workers Rise podcast. Hello, my name is Katherine Moore, social worker, mom, coffee lover, and founder of Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. I'm so excited you found my podcast. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We will hear the stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. Today we are talking about the pros and cons of licensing. So this is going to break down really what do you need to know, what are the benefits and what are the drawbacks or the hoops that you're going to need to jump through if you are trying to get your clinical license, your LCSW. I will tell you that not everybody needs a license. So it really depends on your goals if you are going to pursue this avenue or not. And we will talk more about that upcoming in the episode. I wanted to give you the heads up that I am taking a little summer break from the Social Workers Rise podcast and reducing my social media time. I really need some self-care time to focus on me to spend time with my family and to have some fun, drink some wine, get some margaritas by the poolside. So I'm really excited because summer is my favorite, favorite season and I just love it. So I know you can appreciate my need for self-care and some time. This is a really great time or opportunity for you to get caught up on any of the past episodes that you may have missed or that now you need to go back and listen to them again. Maybe your situation has changed. So we have 94 episodes. That's, I can't even believe we have that many episodes. So there is definitely something in there for you. So take this time to go back, listen to past episodes, and share it with your friends. If you know anyone who may be uh, debating on any of the topics or struggling with any of the areas that we touch on, definitely send it to them. It might go a long way and help them. So we're going to listen to this short ad by our sponsor, The Rise Directory, and then we're going to hop right into this episode. This episode is proudly brought to you by The Rise Directory, a national directory of clinical supervisors who are dedicated to helping the next generation of clinical social workers grow in their clinical skills. The link is in the show notes. Check it out and tell every clinical supervisor you know about this directory. Hello and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is your host, Katherine Moore here. I hope you are doing well. Today, we are going to be talking about the pros and cons of getting licensed. So a lot of times I talk to new graduates. They have just gotten their master's in social work. 
they have their bright and new shiny MSW degree. And then here we are as an industry telling them, it's not enough. You should go on and get your LCSW or become a licensed clinical social worker. And I remember when I had just graduated, I thought, oh my gosh, I am so freaking tired. I just want to get a job, chill, relax, afford my Netflix, and have a good time for a little bit and not have to worry about one more thing. No more tests, no more studying, no more. I'm just done. So it's a valid question if you're wondering, is getting my LCSW worth all the hassle? Because it is a hassle. There is a lot that goes into it. There is, and there's a lot to keep it up too, right? So we're going to talk about the pros and cons of getting licensed today. That way you can make a decision to see, is this the right step for you? And is this something that you should pursue? So first, we're going to specify that this is for clinical social workers. So clinical social work is really the niche within the broad profession of social work because there's so many different areas that you can go into. Clinical is just one, and that's working individually with individuals, children, families, adults, um, you know, individual people, right, on the micro level. But there's also the macro level where you can uh, be in administration, leadership, corporations, finance, a lot of different areas that don't necessarily need you to have a clinical license. So it is important to differentiate that. And it's really going to depend on your goals. So if your goal is to be an administrator, to be a director, to own your own nonprofit, to own your own uh, business, chances are you may not need that license. It will never hurt. I will tell you that. It never hurts to have that extra license, but sometimes you may not need it depending on where you're going to work. So being that clinical social worker, it's really going to build on, you know, kind of the generalist social work. So generally in social work in our schools right now, we learn about the person in environment orientation. We learn respect for diversity and difference and take it a step further. I'm hoping that we're learning about inclusion and looking at ourselves to see where can we improve doing that self-reflection so that we can be sure to be inclusive of everyone that we can. We're also learning about advocacy for social and economic justice and really challenging those oppressive structures within the generalist uh, education that you're getting in social work. So it's easy to see how those can go different ways, right? So we can work with the person and do therapy, do individual mental health counseling, individual work in schools or the medical system. But it could also mean that we're doing system-wide changes. Maybe we're working in policy. Maybe we are 
running organizations, leading um, diversity, equity, inclusion, DEI programs, consultation. So a lot of those other areas don't necessarily need you to have that license. So the pros and cons of getting the license are really, there's a lot of them. (laughs) So let's just break it down. What would be bad about getting a license, right? Or what are kind of the setbacks, kind of the hoops that you have to jump through to get your LCSW? One, it's a financial investment. Right off the bat, you're going to have to pay somebody for the application fee. You have to take tests a lot of times. So we, a lot of times we don't want to waste that test money. So we further invest more money into study materials. Uh, We invest our time into studying for this exam, taking the test, filling out all of these applications. There's also the licensing fee. And there may be also a clinical supervision fee. So it can require a lot of financial investment. Uh, The licensing fees can be, I mean, I'm here in California. It's a couple hundred dollars to to get licensed. I remember when I I had been out of school for a little over two years, maybe two and a half years, and I was ready to take my licensing exam. However, I couldn't afford to. So I was working full-time. And I had completed all of my hours, which was uh, 2,000 hours at the time. So I had completed my 2,000 hours of clinical supervised work. And the only thing holding me back was that I could not afford the the fee to, to take the exam. And then I also couldn't afford the study materials at the same time because the way that I did it is I wanted to... Uh, apply to take the test. And then once I was approved, I you had to reserve a date. So once I got my date at that time, then I wanted to take, uh, invest in study materials too. So this is a couple hundred dollars. I probably, I don't know, three or $400 out the door when with the licensing and testing fees or testing study materials. So I had to save up money in order to do this, which again, I know I'm not the only one in this boat. I know that social workers, a lot of times before we're licensed are not paid a whole lot. Even after we're licensed, they try to jab us and lowball us, but that's a whole nother episode. But for right now, um, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to have to save the money and then shit happens, right? Your car breaks down inflation and there goes your savings and you're back to square one and it can be a long process a long long process so if you are in this situation i feel you it is definitely a financial investment but for me i felt like it was worth it and the other the other thing that you need to be aware of the other con if you will is it takes a lot of time So the time you spend in clinical supervision is going to be a minimum of 1,500 hours. Good old Florida. They have the minimum here. (laughs) And a maximum of, in Louisiana, a maximum of 5,700 hours. It's 5,760 hours 
if you're getting licensed in Louisiana. So bottom line, you're spending thousands of hours in supervision. And also too, if your clinical supervision is not covered by your employer, then you may need to be contracting out for clinical supervision, which I've seen fees anywhere from zero to free. The therapists, I mean, they, God bless them, but they're able to offer free clinical supervision. I don't know how they do it, but they do. They offer it free or I've seen some prices up to $150 for individual. And it really just depends if you're doing group supervision. It's usually a little bit more affordable as opposed to doing just an individual clinical supervision. If you need a clinical supervisor, definitely go to the RISE directory and see if there's a clinical supervisor near you with your specialty. That can uh, just let you know where your options are and vice versa. If you offer clinical supervision and you're listening right now, definitely go and join for free because we need people like you. We need you to be able to be found. So go check out the RISE directory. So time spent in clinical supervision is a lot. It's going to be thousands of hours. And then additionally, once you get your license, I've heard this from many people that you now may be asked to do extra duties. You may be given extra responsibilities from your workplace uh, or from for your clients that may or may not be compensated. And also too, depending on your workplace, a con is that you might not get a raise. I know for my particular workplace, I had gotten all my supervision there. I had done everything, but they were not able to offer me any more money when I got licensed. So I had to peace out because I worked my butt off and I had saved for months to get this license. And there is no way that you're going to tell me that I'm not getting paid any extra money for all of this time, money, energy spent. So I started looking for a new job. So those are the cons, kind of the, the, the bad things, if you will. One last one is, is that you do need CEUs or continuing education units on a regular basis. So once you do get the license, then you'll need to keep it up with CEUs, ongoing trainings, workshops, things like that. So it may be an extra financial investment, but there are some low-cost CEUs organizations that you can, that you can sign up for. And it's always, always recommended to continue to learn, continue to grow, continue to invest in yourself, in your knowledge, in your skill set. Because as you go on your journey in social work, you'll find that nothing stays the same. Everything is changing. Things are constantly changing. There's new research coming out all the time. There's new best practices that are coming out. And there's really a lot of amazing things that you can learn, um, especially as a clinical supervisor, or I'm sorry, as a clinical social worker, and be able to help people. So those are the cons. And next, we're going to jump into the pros. What is good about getting a license? Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you are enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to these ads from our sponsors. If you're planning to take the BBS Law and Ethics exam, 
the ASWB master's or clinical licensure exam, or if you're studying for the MFT exam, then you need a proven program that can help you understand the exam questions and pass with confidence. If this is you, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. I personally use TDC to pass my law and ethics and clinical exams and found the program provided me with everything I needed to pass with confidence. TDC's program integrates various ways of learning in an organized fashion containing all of the information you need to pass without the overwhelm. And now bonus, TDC is also offering a library of continuing education courses that fulfill your license renewal requirements and will support you in your career development. If this sounds like something that you need, visit their website, therapistdevelopmentcenter.com and use the code SWRISE10 at checkout to receive 10% off any of their CE courses, including their brand new course, On the Edge of Life, an Introduction to Suicidality. You can also check out the link in the show notes. So the good things about getting a license is first and foremost, there's going to be more job opportunities. Social work is projected to grow 12% from now till 2030, and that is faster than the average for all occupations. So our profession is growing. We are in very high demand. And the need for your services is growing. Uh, There was a report that the greatest increases came from treating anxiety disorders, depressive disorders, and trauma and stress-related disorders since the pandemic. People are struggling to find availability for, um, for their therapists. So if being a therapist is something that you are at all interested in, that you're striving for, definitely, definitely consider it because there is work there are job opportunities. This is not a dying field. It is a, definitely, there will always be a job for you, for sure. Uh, the other, another pro or a good thing about getting your licensed is it can open up leadership roles for you. So ironically, you get clinically licensed and now you qualify for more macro roles or more administrative roles because of the fact that you can supervise other social workers. So a lot of times you have to be licensed in social work for you to supervise and oversee other uh, master's level social workers. Of course, depending on the state and the agency, but a lot of places you will find that that's what it is. So um, once you get licensed, it can open up the doors for more Uh, for more growth and more steps up the ladder, if you will. Additionally, it opens up opportunities for more income, more side gig opportunities like consulting or private practice therapy. So especially right now with the emergence of teletherapy, it's easy to find a place to get hired if you just want to work a couple hours extra a week. I'm not saying that you need to. 
but I'm just saying it is available if you would like to. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the hustle culture. I believe that life is meant to be enjoyed, but I get it. We got bills to pay and we got houses to buy and cars to pay off. So if you are looking to hustle right now, I no no shade your way, no shade. I know a lot of my current coworkers, they work full time. And then in the evenings, they will see like one to two uh, private therapy patients a night. And it works for them. They like it. They don't mind doing that. And they really enjoy the extra income. So it can open up that opportunity to, to make that extra income. And it helps to compensate you for all of that time, money, and energy that you have invested in yourself and into your license. Additionally, another benefit or pro is that you have more negotiation power. So now that you're licensed, it's kind of like the creme de la creme, if you will, of social workers because it tells employers and HR and hiring managers that you know your stuff. You are not new to this. You have experience. You have been supervised by another professional for thousands of hours and you have experience. So it opens up more negotiation power because you can't just come straight out of grad school with your LCSW. It definitely takes time and there's fewer fewer LCSWs uh, than there are going to be MSWs. So you have more power that way. Additionally, you are likely to have more independence in your job you are likely to need less supervision and your bosses are able to know, okay, this person has their LCSW. They should, should, (laughs) they should be able to, you know, work more independently. Of course, you're going to need those consultations and you need those people to bounce ideas off of and to talk cases through with. But overall, you know your stuff, you know the community, you know how to work with people, you know how to manage conflict, you know how to respond to crisis interventions, you know how to do the basic things. So you'll need less supervision, less teaching, and therefore generally more independence. Additionally, you will be able to apply again for the private practice thing be able to apply and be accepted to a wide range of insurance panels when you're in private practice. So you cannot be admitted to insurance panels or you can't accept insurance in private practice unless you are actually an LCSW. Um, That is my understanding. Again, it could vary state to state. Don't, don't, don't come at me (laughs) if I'm wrong on your state, but generally you need to be licensed uh, to work with insurance panels. So Again, it opens up another opportunity for income. And lastly, recruiters are looking for LCSWs. Once I became licensed, oh my gosh, they were knocking at my LinkedIn door. I had to turn off all notifications that said I was looking for a job or open because they would just message me. I mean, and I've I've heard this from other people as well, that recruiters, like two to three recruiters a day will be messaging you once you get your LCSW. So it is easier to find a job because again, you're more higher, you're in in high demand 
and people come to you. They will ask you to apply for their jobs. So that part is really cool once you make that transition to where you don't have to be begging people <laughs> to hire you. Instead, they come and find you and they seek you out. So I covered a lot in a short amount of time. We're about being efficient over here. Overall, if your goal is to, to work individually in the mental health setting or individually with people, really, because people, all people have mental health uh, concerns and needs, right? So even if you are going into a more corporate setting or if that's your goal, if you have the opportunity to get licensed, definitely do it. And here is my my little tidbit on that. So full disclosure between you and me, when I graduated with my MSW, I had no intention on getting my license. I thought I was going to be a macro social worker, which I am now, right? <laughs> Doing macro social work via podcast. Um, and in other avenues, but I had always seen myself as a macro social worker making large scale change. And I would talk to my supervisor. I'm like, I don't want to do private therapy, right? I want to do macro. I want to do big things. And it just so happened that she was offering supervision as part of my job. And she convinced me, she's like, look, just, you're going to be doing the work anyways, just come to the meetings, you know, work towards your hours. It couldn't hurt. And I am so glad that I did because I had no idea what was going to come my way, right? I had no idea that I was just at the very, very baby stages of my social work career at that time. And having my LCSW really helped to open up the opportunities the availability of extra income, and also, you know, to be honest, that, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? The, the ability to be seen as a professional, right? So like the top tier of social work with your LCSW. And because there's really no, there's no higher place you can go than your LCSW. So I do not regret at all saving up all my money, investing hundreds of dollars and thousands of hours into getting my LCSW because it's something that I can maintain for the rest of my career if I choose to. And right now I will likely do that even if I'm not directly providing therapy, which I will, but that's a whole other episode. But still, when I was uh, when I was in between jobs, I always knew that I was going to keep my LCSW just because of the extra opportunities that it brings. And you may not know what that is for you yet. But if you are in a place that you can get licensed, you can get supervision, if you can negotiate this into your next job, definitely do that. It could not hurt. Um, it can only bring opportunity. So with that, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did enjoy it, if you got something from it, please let me know. You can tag me on social media. I am at Social Workers Rise on Instagram. I love to see that you're watching. I love to see your feedback on it. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.
Thank you for joining us on another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you loved it, please open up your iTunes, tap the five stars, and leave a short note on why you love listening to the Social Workers Rise podcast. Also, if you want to share it on social media, I absolutely love it. You have me fangirling all over you. Take a screenshot and share it and tag me at Social Workers Rise on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, just want to leave a little bit of legal disclosure here that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in the Social Workers Rise podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done so at your own risk. This podcast should not be used in place of professional advice, therapy, or clinical supervision. And with that, my friends, I'll talk to you next week.